RTI International's Justice Practice Area presents Just Science. Welcome to Just Science, a podcast for justice professionals and anyone interested in learning more about forensic science, innovative technology, current research, and actionable strategies to improve the criminal justice system. In episode one of our Human Trafficking Policy and Research Analyses Project mini-season, Just Science sat down with Elizabeth Tiba-Deweza and Christina Melander, research public health analysts from RTI International, as well as Ada Picos-Melton and Rita Martinez, president and vice president of American Indian Development Associates, to discuss a formative evaluation of the demonstration grants to strengthen the response to victims of human trafficking in Native Communities Program, also known as VHTNC Program. Human trafficking in Native communities is an urgent issue in need of response, which is complicated by several factors, such as a need for increased awareness, an understanding of human trafficking, and limited availability of culturally responsive services and resources. The VHTNC program aims to assist six communities in building, expanding, and sustaining their capacity to serve Native peoples who have experienced human trafficking through outreach, service provision, and community training. Listen along as Elizabeth, Christina, Ada, and Rita describe the context and implementation of the VHTNC projects. The structure of a study, like the VHTNC formative evaluation, and the importance of engaging community members and incorporating cultural perspectives when conducting community-based research. This episode is funded by the Human Trafficking Policy and Research Analyses Project. Some content in this podcast may be considered sensitive and may evoke emotional responses or may not be appropriate for younger audiences. Here's your host, Rebecca Pfeffer. Hello, and welcome to Just Science. I'm your host, Rebecca Pfeffer. On today's episode, we will discuss a study that is part of the Human Trafficking Policy and Research Analyses Project, focused on a formative evaluation of the Office on Trafficking in Persons demonstration grants to strengthen the response to victims of human trafficking in Native Communities Program, which we call VHTNC. Here to discuss this are Elizabeth Tibadouiza, Christina Melander, Ada Pecos-Melton, and Rita Martinez. Welcome, Elizabeth, Christina, Ada, and Rita. Thank you for talking with us today. Thanks, Rebecca. Tell me about yourselves. Who are you and what do you do? I'll go ahead and start. My name is Elizabeth Tibadouiza, and I live in Reno, Nevada, on the lands of the Washoe Tribe. I'm a research public health analyst in RTI Center for Public Safety and Resilience. I've been with RTI for about 15 years, primarily evaluating programs that support vulnerable populations like victims of crime and people experiencing homelessness. And I lead the formative evaluation of the VEHTNC program. Thanks, Elizabeth. I'll go next. I'm Ada Pecos-Melton, and I'm from the Pueblo Famous. I'm president and CEO of American Indian Development Associates. We're a small business working over 30 years. Our offices are at the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center in Albuquerque, New Mexico. What we do here is we help tribal governments nationwide with evaluation, research, training, and technical assistance. And our focus is on tribal justice, victimization, health, and wellness. Uh, and we work with uh, RTI on several research and evaluation projects, including the VHTNC evaluation. Take it away, Rita. Boatzi, I'm Rita Martinez, and I am from the Pueblos of Jemez and Laguna. I am vice president of the American Indian Development Associates, and I am a, a social scientist and evaluator. I have over two decades of experience in this area. I've been working as a co-evaluator on the VHTNC project to inform the methodology, obtain tribal approvals, assist in coding, analysis, and reporting, and most importantly, getting the information back to the community so they can use it and apply it locally. 
And hello, I'm Christina Melander. I am based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is the ancestral and current homelands of the Dakota peoples. I am a research public health analyst at RTI, um, where I focus my work on human trafficking and gender-based violence. But I've really been working in this field for about 15 years now, starting from direct services as an advocate and then moving into the research and evaluation space. Most of my work focuses on doing participatory action research or community-engaged research and evaluation approaches. And I'm really passionate about uh, ensuring that community and survivors have a seat at the table in, in research projects. Thank you all for those introductions. They were so informative. What a great team we have together. Can you tell me a little bit more about this program, the VHTNC program that you're evaluating? What is it? Uh, the VHTNC program was established in 2020 by the Administration for Children and Families Office on Trafficking and Persons to address the significant need for supports to respond to human trafficking in Native communities. Native communities is a collective term that encompasses Indigenous, Native American, American Indian, Alaska Native, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander communities. Uh, VHTNC grant projects were awarded to six diverse communities to help them build, expand, and sustain capacity to serve Native peoples who have experienced human trafficking. The VHTNC projects identify participants through outreach activities, partnerships, and referrals. And project staff provide comprehensive case management and supportive services, either directly or through partner referrals. The services that participants receive varies because they're individualized to each person. Um, some examples of available services include meeting basic needs like food, clothing, and transportation, providing victim advocacy, and helping with safe housing, medical and behavioral health needs, and employment. Projects are also acutely aware of the protective value of culture, so a critical objective is helping participants access cultural and traditional healing supports and creating culturally appropriate environments that are welcoming for the people they serve. Partnership building and maintenance is another essential aspect of the program, as is improving awareness and understanding of human trafficking in the project communities. This is accomplished through human trafficking education and training for service providers and community partners to improve identification, assessment, and service delivery. Thanks, Elizabeth. And you noted that there's a significant need for this type of project. Why is that? Well, it's difficult to provide an estimate of human trafficking prevalence in general, but this is particularly true in Native communities. Human trafficking is often not well understood or openly discussed, so it's hidden. It's also underreported due to mistrust in law enforcement after years of missing person reports going uninvestigated and lack of accountability for perpetrators. It's also undercounted due to the absence or misclassification of Native populations and race data. So we know human trafficking affects Native communities, but we don't know the full extent. However, we do know that Native peoples, and women in particular, experience disproportionately high rates of violent crime like sexual violence and intimate partner violence. Human trafficking can intersect with these types of victimization, and we've learned from the VHTNC projects that the Native people they assist who've experienced human trafficking often are identified after seeking help for other forms of violence, like intimate partner violence. It's also well documented that Native communities are facing the missing and murdered Indigenous peoples crisis, which also intersects with human trafficking. An important contextual layer to be aware of and understand when addressing and responding to human trafficking in Native communities is historical trauma. 
So a really high explanation of this is that being subjected to genocide, colonization, sexual violence, systemic oppression and racism, forced removal of children and forced assimilation has enduring effects that impact Native peoples today like loss of cultural identity, increased risk for victimization, housing and economic instability, physical and behavioral health disparities, and mistrusting government and systems. Understanding this and the effects of experiencing human trafficking helps service providers tailor services or treatment so they're trauma-informed and address participants' needs. The VHTNC projects are critical to address human trafficking in Native communities by shining a light on the issue, improving understanding of human trafficking, including signs and effects, and building community-wide capacity to effectively support the Native people that have experienced it. That context is, is so helpful. You know, it would be really helpful if you could help us understand what a formative evaluation even is. How is that different from other forms of evaluation? So a simple definition of formative is giving form. So a formative evaluation is giving form to a program or intervention. So it helps us to understand what the program actually is. It's appropriate for new programs like VHTNC, where we broadly know the main program components, but need to better operationalize or define them. So it helps us to answer questions like, How are the VHTNC projects structured? What are the activities and processes that comprise outreach, case management, service delivery, and training? And what are the intended outcomes or what did the project set out to achieve? Through formative evaluation, we begin the process of identifying a program's core components or the components that are necessary to produce the desired outcomes. Formative evaluation is largely descriptive and doesn't answer questions about effectiveness, but it provides the needed information to be able to assess the quality and effectiveness of program implementation through process and outcome evaluations that would come after. Your project involves a community-engaged participatory approach. Christina, can you tell us more about that? Sure. So participatory or community-engaged research is an approach to research and evaluation that uses meaningful, authentic, and ongoing involvement of community members in the research or evaluation. This approach recognizes the value of various forms of expertise, including community knowledge and lived experience, and it focuses on ensuring research or evaluations goals and methods are aligned with and respectful of a community. So there are several strategies to implementing a participatory approach in research and evaluation. They include hiring staff from the impacted community, as well as convening community advisory boards. And through these different strategies to engaging with community, community members can play important roles in defining or refining research questions, in shaping outreach strategies, in developing culturally appropriate and trauma-informed data collection instruments conducting or providing feedback on analysis, writing, and more. So participatory research changes the framework of research on to research with. And a participatory approach is also best practice when conducting evaluation with Native communities. I'm sure most of you are aware, but research and evaluation has a really well-documented history being an extension of a settler colonial agenda and causing real harm in Native communities. So because of this history, it's critical that research and evaluation engages in ethical ways with Native communities to uplift tribal sovereignty, cultivate relationships and trust, and to be culturally responsive to the different Native communities that are served by the VHTNC grants. 
So we wanted to ensure that this evaluation incorporated the perspectives, the worldview, and the values of the different Native communities that are represented in this evaluation. So for this project, we brought on the American Indian Development Associates, which is an Indigenous-led evaluation firm, to co-lead this project with the RTI team. And they've applied their expertise to lead tribal engagement before data collection started. And then we also convened a community expert group, or the CEG, and that's comprised of Native identifying representatives from each of the grant recipients' Native communities. You mentioned the importance of being culturally responsive, but what does that really even mean when we're talking about tribal communities? Ada, can you talk to us a little bit more about what tribal engagement means and why it's essential in a project like this? Uh, so, Rebecca, for most tribal-based programs, approval is usually necessary before project staff can participate in any study, like an evaluation that involves data collection on tribal lands, jurisdictions, or communities. Our tribal engagement strategies follow each project's authority structure and tribal research laws, any policies or practices. The evaluation team incorporates place-based strategies that creates site profiles documenting indigenous ties to the land and geography, social, political, economic structures, uh, elements of culture, language, environment, and historical and contemporary information. We also review project documents and meet regularly with the project director, staff, partners, and Native experts virtually and through in-person site visits. These sessions are increasing our understanding of the project community context uh, within which the VHTNC projects exist. We also uh, practice respect for tribal sovereignty throughout the study by following each site's approval and data sovereignty protocols by preparing and implementing steps to inform tribal leadership and project staff about the study. We explain the evaluation design and gain informed permission to evaluate the VHT and see um, formative evaluation in each community and how the project is proceeding. The essential steps include submitting a study protocol to tribal or organizational leadership with the project's guidance about respectful approaches to submission. We want to ensure that we follow any tribal protocols or processes and that tribal leadership is knowledgeable and supportive of the evaluation's purpose and plan. Our team is also careful to use culturally appropriate materials for information sharing and outreach to the grant recipients and anyone else involved in the projects like their partners. We have other processes in place to respect tribal sovereignty that involve other evaluation components like data protection, data archiving, and reporting. More information about these approaches can be found in our study publications, which are available online. Thanks, Ada. And Christina, I'm remembering that you noted that this project includes something called a community expert group. And I'm curious about that. How did you decide that this was a useful approach to community engagement for this formative evaluation? And can you tell us more about that group? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, as I mentioned earlier, we wanted to have this meaningful engagement with people from the Native communities where the VHT and C projects are serving and people who are also knowledgeable on human trafficking. And we think about that knowledge base on human trafficking holistically. It could include somebody who has personal experience as a survivor of trafficking or professionally working on this topic or a combination of both. 
So as we were planning what this type of you know meaningful community engagement would look like, we knew that first this needed to be a paid experience from the start to the finish of this project, um, and it needed to be ongoing engagement as well. So we planned to meet with this group virtually uh, about three to four times per year, and we pay everyone at an expert consulting rate for their time attending meetings and any additional material review outside of the meetings. And we would request that. This would be an ongoing commitment for the whole evaluation timeframe, but it's also an optional and voluntary commitment. We used word of mouth through the VHTNC project staff and our own knowledge of these communities to identify the people who met these criteria. So our community expert group has six representatives, one from each site's service area. Rita, I'm wondering, why do you think it's important to get regular input from community members? How does it benefit the project overall? Tribal input strategies help to give the projects a voice in the evaluation, implementation, and support data usage of findings and results. For example, community-based participatory elements ensure that the evaluation is responsive and inclusive of the Indigenous values, beliefs, and traditions, and contemporary knowledge from the communities And we can apply that to the awareness and engagement tasks and activities. In addition, talking to service participants increases understanding of how, what, and why participants access services, notably to identify cultural approaches or methods and promoting service usage. Strength-based approaches and methods assist the team in understanding needs and challenges through strength and solution-based lenses and identify the gifts and assets and what works in the community that programs can build upon. Strategies for capacity building and giving back help the team support project staff and partners' programs knowledge through regular feedback and recommendations regarding evaluation findings and results and incorporating them into their projects. The team also provides information about formative and participatory evaluation and logic models to increase the personnel's understanding of evaluation. And finally, the evaluation team nurtures relationships with open communication, shared vision, and expectations through regular virtual and on-site visits, review and feedback on project reports, and scheduling time and space for discussion with project staff and Native experts. And when you think about everything you've learned from this work so far, I know you still have another year or so of time to work on this project, but when you think about what you've learned so far, is there anything you'd like to leave listeners with today? Ada, I'll start with you. Sure. The collection of cultural data is essential for the VHTNC projects because they show they are culturally responsive and use culture as a resource. This is a foundational element that programs serving Native people must demonstrate, and it's expected of them. Some programs now name culturally specific activities, categorize them, and link them to their program strategies, which really makes it a very thorough documentation of the things that they are doing that are culturally related or culturally appropriate. Thanks, Ada. Christina, what would you say you've learned so far? I just think that in approaching this this topic and in doing this evaluation, it's really humbling and reaffirming to see the amazing work by these programs and the solutions that they're developing for their communities. 
The other thing that I would leave folks with is that community-engaged research can also be part of an empowering experience for people with lived experience of human trafficking and other community members. You know, the topic of human trafficking is really heavy. And when we're looking at needs in the community, sometimes it can keep us focused on deficits. But something we're seeing and, and reaffirming in this evaluation is that communities have incredible resilience and they understand what they need to thrive. And they, like the VHT and C projects, are actively developing innovative solutions to addressing the issue of human trafficking. So it's really thinking about how research as a process can benefit the community and the people who are participating, not just as an end result. Thanks, Christina. Elizabeth, what would you say your big takeaway so far is? Uh, well, one thing we've learned is that reciprocity is a central value that all of the VHTNC projects have incorporated into their partnership. They ensure that their partners and the people helping with VHTNC are also benefiting from this work. For instance, they increase knowledge and capacity through trainings, they support their partners' events, and they share useful data back with their partners. So reciprocity is also an important value for evaluation and research, and it's critical for our team to make sure that the VHTNC project participants, staff, partners, and communities are benefiting from what we learn as well. Thanks, Elizabeth. Rita, do you have a a reflection you'd like to share? Sure. Thank you, Rebecca. I think uh, building relationship with the VHNC staff, project directors, and community is critical. Building trust takes time, and it requires us to be flexible and to actively listen. Strong relationships help us to fully understand what programs are experiencing, and ways that the formative evaluation can be helpful in addressing human trafficking in tribal communities. Where can our listeners learn more about the work you're doing evaluating the VHTNC project? Learn more about this evaluation and other projects we are conducting as part of the Human Trafficking Policy and Research Analyses Project. Visit www.rti.org backslash impact slash human dash trafficking dash policy dash research dash analysis. Elizabeth, Ada, Rita, and Christina, it's been such a pleasure talking about your important work on addressing human trafficking in Native communities. Thanks for taking the time today to chat with me about this interesting topic. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and follow Just Science on your platform of choice. For more information on today's topic and additional resources, you can find the link on the landing page for this episode. I'm Rebecca Pfeffer, and this has been another episode of Just Science. Next week, Just Science sits down with a panel to discuss economic empowerment for those who have experienced human trafficking. Opinions or points of views expressed in this podcast represent a consensus of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official position or policies of its funding.